0: friends this is cliff conite from equippers international thank you so much for listening to the podcast we want to lift up jesus and provide a place for you to learn more about him and to grow in your relationship with him if you find the podcast helpful feel free to share it with others we believe it will be a source of blessing and encouragement and you will be strengthened in your relationship with jesus back to the Equippers International podcast. We're studying the book of Romans, and in this episode, we're in chapter two. In the previous episode, we started this chapter, and we looked at the first couple of verses there where Paul makes his comments in regards to judging others in regards to their sin. And we made some application there on a general level, but I want to pick a little bit deeper into this passage because... I think interpreting the book of Romans, we're faced with uh, some challenges that we don't find in other books that Paul wrote. I mentioned in another episode previously that Paul's other letters are a little more relationally specific, if I can put it that way. He's dealing with issues in the church in regards to places that he had ministered and had been possibly numerous times. And so we're not left to have to make real um big decisions on exactly how we're going to pick a line of interpretation. He's pretty straightforward in what he's saying in most of his other letters when it comes to Dealing with uh, issues in the churches and dynamics going on there. And we're going to find some of that later on in the book of Romans, later after chapter 12, when Paul starts going into some issues of conscience, when he talks about uh, things sacrificed to idols and not making your brother stumble. And so these are going to be pretty obvious lines of interpretation that we can take because the subject matter is very straightforward. But in these initial chapters of the book of Romans, Paul's addressing these general universal concepts as he lays out his definition of the gospel. He's looking at the condition, the universal condition. I've alluded to it over and over again so far, the sinful condition of man. And then he talks about, in chapter 2, the judgment of God. And we want to look more specifically about that in this episode. But it's difficult because it seems at times that Paul is taking a directive line of reference To specific people in his argument, but it doesn't come right out and say it. So this is one of the challenges with interpreting Scripture in especially this book of Romans early on in these chapters, because we have to make a decision, or we don't have to make a decision, we can just leave it open-ended. But I think to, to receive the greatest benefit of studying the book of Romans, it's important to understand the line of thought that Paul's taking. Another way of saying that is kind of his argument and And part of that and discerning that has to do with asking the question, who is he talking to? Who is he referring to? For example, is he referring to Jews in the case of which they would have a lot more background in their relationship with God, a lot more history, so to speak. They would have the law and the covenants and the promises and the fathers. And Paul alludes to that later on in the book as well in chapters 9, 10 and 11, when he takes up specifically the issue of the Jews and the Gentiles in their relationship with one another. But in this particular section of the book, he's not real direct up to this point. Now, a key in interpreting where we are now is if we can jump forward a little bit later in chapter 2, specifically in verse 17, Paul's going to make a direct reference to the Jews there and he's going to say, but if you bear the name Jew and rely upon the law and boast in God... And you know his will and approve the things that are essential, being instructed out of the law of God. So just putting it in context, this is a specific reference to the Jews. What I want to do is I want to back up and just talk a little bit about the beginning part of chapter two, because I think it makes more sense. And I know that we made some general comments about judging others. I think the universal principle or the truth is there that we don't need to stand in judgment because all are under under sin but i think more specifically what paul's driving at in these initial verses in chapter 2 is he's addressing jews you notice in chapter 2 he starts immediately with the second person pronouns you and this is an indicator that he's shifting his conversation kind of directly to a specific group of people And I mentioned if we look at chapter 1, he makes these general references to they and them. It might be that he's talking about the Gentile world. It might be that he's talking about general humanity. But it's interesting that he definitely zeroes in his comments when he starts chapter 2 in the second person pronoun of you as though he's addressing the Jewish believers in Rome. And he specifically is saying that you cannot pass judgment. Judgment because you are actually guilty of doing the very same thing. Now, I want to pick up there in verse 3 and move along through these verses a little bit slower and just make some comment on what Paul is highlighting here. In verse 3, he says, We know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. Now, I was just looking at this verse in a little more detail before recording this uh, particular episode, and I just want to retranslate this verse a little bit truer to the original language because I think some of the language that we read in the English translations carry with it some ideas and kind of actually support maybe some not exactly accurate teaching that we've received in regards to the judgment of God. For example, this verse does not say that it rightly falls upon someone. There is no word fall here. I know the idea for me specifically in my upbringing and my background and in church experience and listening to teachings about judgment, this idea of falling has to do with kind of negative connotations that something's going to fall upon my head. It's almost like this big stick is going to fall on me because God's going to strike me and he's going to judge me. But the idea is not here in the verse. The verse literally reads, for we know that the judgment of God, according to truth, is on those who practice such things. It's simply the verb to be. It is On those who practice such things. Most importantly, what Paul is saying here is the judgment of God is according to truth. This is going to be something very important for Paul as we move through these first chapters of Romans, especially when he gets to what I call the crescendo, the really high point of his discussion in chapter three, when he starts talking about how the righteousness of God is revealed apart from the law and the prophets. And he goes on to say, that it's revealed by faith in Christ, where Jesus was demonstrated publicly as a sacrifice for sin. And in doing this, God became the justifier of all those who put their faith in him. Now, what am I saying in all that? What I'm saying is that God is just in justifying people because he judges according to truth. He doesn't judge according to opinion. He doesn't judge according to perception. He doesn't judge according to what he sees with his physical eyes like we do. And he doesn't judge according to his emotions. He simply judges according to truth. That which is true, that which is actually happening in the heart of man is the measure in which God. Judges. And Paul's going to move through this discussion now, talking about the judgment of God based on those things which God uses as his standard of truth. So I just wanted to point that out, that God judges in this way, and in doing so, He has the right and the ability to be the judge. And we're going to talk more about judgment, because this whole passage is really going to move through and focus on the judgment of God. But let it suffice to say here in verse 3, that Paul is making it clear that those who practice such things, what such things, those things really alluded to at the end of chapter 1, that long list of sinful behavior and all other sins. It's not an exhaustive list. It's just a list that's representative of all the ungodly things that can happen in the life of a person who's given over to idolatry and has been given over by God in a depraved mind and unrighteous, lustful actions and desires. And these are the things that deserve judgment. And as a result, Paul says, the judgment is on them. And so we're going to look more about what that judgment looks like, but we've already talked about it a little bit in chapter one. It basically looks like God giving man over to his own devices. I heard it said one time, and it made so much sense to me, that sin has a built-in judgment. Later in chapter three, Paul's going to say the wages of sin is death. God doesn't have to kill anybody because of sin in form of judgment. Sin will kill people. It has built in it a boomerang effect, if you will. I've heard an author, Greg Boyd, refer to it that way. It's as though when you throw a boomerang out, it will return to you. And if you're not keen at catching a boomerang, it will strike you and it won't feel good. This is the idea of judgment God knows that built in inherently to sin is death. And so that is enough judgment upon those that choose this lifestyle. Now, he's going to go into more detail in just a minute when he starts talking about the deeds and the works of people who have a desire not to choose glory and peace and honor, but have a desire to choose ungodliness and wickedness. And he's going to go into more detail about that in a moment. But I want to finish this episode. And just comment here in verse three, he says, Do you suppose, old man, that when you pass judgment on those who practice such things, do you feel that you can escape the judgment of God? So he's just simply saying, don't deceive yourself. Again, I think he's talking to his Jewish countrymen. I think he's talking as a Jew to the Jews saying, just because you have a special relationship with God in the form of the covenant, in the form of the law, doesn't mean that you can pass judgment and somehow escape the judgment of God upon your own life. And he says there, do you take lightly the riches of the kindness and tolerance and patience of God, knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance. This is a beautiful verse, and it reflects something that's so powerful in the mind of Paul. I think it's something that we can all benefit from reflecting on. Paul, in the middle of this discussion about how unrighteous Judgment and ungodly living can be present in our lives, and we can deserve the judgment of God on our lives at the same time. The tolerance and kindness and forbearance of God, the patience of God is toward us so that we can be drawn to a place of repentance, that we can be drawn to a place where we can change our mind and begin to think differently, primarily begin to redirect our worship on God who is worthy of our worship. This is the posture of God toward us. Though his judgment is on us and it will come to pass if we persist in this position against God, God says, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be tolerant towards you and I'm going to show you my kindness. also heard it said by someone long ago and it impacted me, this simple statement, God is the kindest person you will ever meet. Now, understand that God is not exactly a person, but what he's saying is on a relational level, on the way God relates to us, he is kind. He is a patient person. He is showing tolerance and forbearance toward us. All the time, hoping that his kindness will lead us to a place where we can clearly see the error in our way. So this is what Paul's saying specifically to his Jewish brothers and sisters who have a whole history of God being very patient with them and being very kind to them over and over and over when they disobeyed him. But Paul says, don't take for granted, don't take lightly the forbearance and the patience and the kindness of God, because it's supposed to lead you to repentance. It's not meant to put you in some place of a comfort zone where you can continue to presume upon God and judge others. Paul says, no, this should not be your posture. So these are the comments I wanted to look at in this episode today. Tomorrow, we're going to start taking up Paul's understanding of judgment in regards to good deeds and evil deeds, because that's going to be an important topic to take up, especially in the whole narrative of these first few chapters of Romans, because these specific comments in chapter two seem to be a little bit in contradiction to what Paul ends up concluding in regards to works. But we'll leave that for tomorrow's episode. So reflect on these things today. Be aware that God's goodness and his kindness and his faithfulness and his tolerance is toward us so that we can come to a place of repentance. And this is what Paul's encouraging his readers to understand. And I believe it's a great application and a truth that we can cling on to in today's episode. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.